for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What time is it? It's preseason time, y'all. Don't forget, it's what you do right now until next September that becomes your money in the bank if you want to increase your chances to be successful next fall. That's right. You can feel those palms are sweating. You can feel that breathing getting just a little bit faster. Well, that's good. That just means you got the fever for making it happen. So grinders, welcome back to part two of our elk preseason guide series, In It to Win It. Today in part two, we continue with some of our own preseason focus areas, thoughts, mindset tips to help you increase odds in your favor for this upcoming season. Those topics along with our Elk Bros shout outs and letters from our Elk Bros mailbox. So my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkBros.com, with your host Gilbert Ornelas and Elk Hunting Coach Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello there, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And as always, for those blue collar hunters following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ornelas, the host of your show, coming to you from Spring, Texas, and from Katy, Texas. The leader of the Venezuelan Mafia. (laughs) The A cameraman himself, and member of the Venezuelan Mafia, Luis Gonzalez. And from the DFW area, the one and only, the chef. Man- Manuel Graterón, we call him ranking member of. <laughs> and from Cimarron, New Mexico, your elk hunting coaches yourself, Leroy the Ninja Chavez, 
And WWJGD, what would Joe Gillia do? He is in the house and ready for action. What's up, fellas? Hey, we got a new nickname for Chav. Uh Uh-oh, what's that? (laughs) It's Chav the Just. The Just. just. No, 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 dude. I told you. No, no, that's Chav the Just, Joe. Come on. Look. So he already, he was already saying how oh Chavi treats me right with uh, you know when he sets up and puts the names in on on the on the script of who's going to say what city and yeah. I was like no bro it's Joe the Just doing that man no it wasn't <laughs> Joe the Just it was Chav the Just yeah. I mean, you know Chav I mean Joe is trying to take credit from you bro that ain't right <laughs> you guys ain't figured out <laughs> that Gonzalez boy down there in Katy he'll argue with a fence post. <laughs> <laughs> and Absolutely, lose probably man yeah <laughs> he, he argues with himself man <laughs> yeah but i win and and we even have people man that are are a little bit late on some of the episodes so yeah. they're back on the episode about well we're trying to figure out who the venezuelan mafia leader is and that we're going to be doing this competition so now right. I have people send stuff into me oh yeah they're like oh yeah i vote for this guy vote. in fact i sent one to manano <laughs> today guy actually sent a video you know, with you with, finally got one vote, dude. Let's celebrate, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude, right on, Manano. You can do this, bro. You know, <laughs> and they I don't know dogs, how many, though, bro. They weren't dogs. how many friends has called me asking for to vote for for me. Friends don't said, count, Manano. No, Family don't, don't count don't, either. Don't on, pay bro. attention to Luis, please. Don't pay attention, <laughs> Manano. How do you say chef in Spanish? Uh. Cocinero. Cocinero. We we yeah. use you we use chef too. The chef. We yeah, use chef too. <laughs> Cocinero. I, I saw I like him getting ready just to tell you. Chef? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> chef. Yeah. Say chef. Chef. Yeah. It's yeah. like when the bull crush in the bushes. <laughs> hey, no, he crashed. He crashed. Oh, okay. He's got to get crash, his life, crash, bro. Not crash. Crash. Yeah, man, so, that was freaking epic. I wish Joe could have let that carry on just a little bit more, but we so, had to censor it. For, for everybody listening out there, the, the guys are still talking about Blue Collar Strong, our part two, man. So oh, our two-part series is now on the Elk Bros YouTube channel. We have part one uh, that is it's titled The Mafia Boys, and then part two is titled Promises Kept. So... Uh, and we, we've been having a discussion about it between, uh, cameraman and different things. Everybody's going to find out Joe that I am a real big baby. I <laughs> cry in almost 90% of that. Hey, so I want to say, I want to say this. I want to give props to Manano because he was able to capture the moment in which Beto actually releases arrow and you can hear the bowl crashing and all that. So those, Two minutes I, of contribution I, to the whole thirty-five-minute video I were just really good. So thank you, Manano. Thank videos. you for the, just those three minutes. Those no, no, epic. I always <laughs> contribute to my to my L brothers with my <laughs> top-notch videos. I'm karma and his eight. great commentary. I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, with some yeah, language too. Rated R. Some great language. Yeah, so yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah there was there was some language that kind of didn't make it. Now. 
ended up on the cutting floor. So but it hit uh, the cutting floor, but it would live with me. It was an spontaneous <laughs> language. What? You know, Tell too emotional. Uh, what what does uh, Chris Rowe call it? Flowery. That's what you flowery. Flowery. Flowery, flowery yeah, language. I yes, dig sir. it, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you guys have not checked it out, man, go over to YouTube, look for the Elk Bros channel, and check out Blue Collar Strong. Uh, we're real proud of that. Um, it is, it's as real as it gets. It's us doing our thing. Um, you know, uh, I, it, it's not about getting kill shots. It's about mm. the hunt. We try to Poor do some Elk Bros. Yep. And I, I think you get to know what kind of guys we are together. And, and there is some pretty cool chase going on there. And, you know, the when we talk about teamwork, man, not only in the area of trying to bring an animal out after, um, after we have made a kill, but if you get a chance to see, for example, that first hunt on, on mine, you know, I have Luis back behind me. He's filming this whole thing, but he is bird-dogging the whole time, you know, because when elk are within a certain distance of me, I pick that up, and I pick up on it. Uh, but, man, once they start moving off and stuff, and these elk were just like, man, how many elk do, were, do you think we were in that morning? I don't know, there? 25, that 30, 40. Herd. I don't know. I, yeah, that, was, that herd that split off from us, I mean, yeah. the big herd may have been over 100. You know, More yeah. than that, Beto. Yeah. I saw the entire herb. It, yeah. it was, I don't know, 150. We're probably after 35 or 40, Joe, once we split off. Yeah. So, and I mean, all, and, and that's the <clears throat> thing that a lot of people don't understand. Like, you know, you think a lot of times that you are calling using cow calls or you're using um, uh, bugles to try to bring an animal to you. And if you get a chance to pay attention to that, that's not my goal. Um, you'll hear a lot of cows as cows are going through trees when they're moving, going to a destination and there's bull sounding off. They're doing a lot of communication because they're not able to see each other as much. So all I'm doing is really trying to make noises to slow them down. And so they continually tell me where they're at Mm -hmm. so that if they did get to that destination, I could, I could set up on them, but I am actually paralleling the herd the way the wind is going the whole time. And I mean, you can actually hear all three of us on our diaphragms calling in those sequences, you know, you got you up front, Luis on the camera, me to the outside. And I mean, we sound like a little mini herd moving within the herd. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. And, and then you ended up splitting off you, Madonna and Brenda split, split off to one group. And, uh, and then Luis and I bailed off after this other group. And I mean, it was on, I mean, we, it's, that started, that started seven miles to the southeast of us <laughs> and we decided to go back to where we came from joe i mean when you killed that bull was what maybe a mile above camp oh oh yeah absolutely we just decided where we were we were like man we ain't going seven miles back to the bikes we're just going to drop back into camp well that, that's another ride. lesson man for you guys yeah. man sometimes just stay in camp wait for the elk to come to you <laughs> no no <laughs> man i tell you it was an epic uh, day and what what you guys are going to see is just pure grinding i mean that's what we did those last couple of days the for, only thing for, about for, i'm sorry go ahead 
Joe says fourth quarter several times, and I mean, that's exactly what it was. You know, the only thing is, is one thing I've realized about video is it flattens everything out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you noticed. It doesn't. That. The terrain yeah. doesn't look as treacherous as it really was, oh man. Oh my God, man! Because we literally were bailing off the side. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, watching the watching the video, and I'm like, man, that just makes it look easy. But that's not the way it was, <laughs> man. I, you can hear my breathing in the video yeah. uh going back up the ridge behind trying to keep up with joe man and i, I even say it on the videos like man it's hard to keep up with this guy even after one year of full training because yeah. i was like breathing hard just trying to stay you know close six. Oh yeah. yeah it was it was it was crazy man and that's the one thing i realized looking i was like holy man it, i know what we went down and what we went up and mm -hmm. it just doesn't show it like flattens everything out but mm -hmm. the uh, same thing when we ba bailed off that one ridge to go when i killed my bull oh my gosh i mean it was treacherous the stuff we're <laughs> running over we actually went through two herds before we ever got to the herd that we actually made the kill on, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. we run through those and then man, just bailing off and bailing off and bailing off. And it, like you said, it looks flat. Who is way far from that. Yeah, and, it, and, it and we didn't get to get a, a real good shot of us getting that bull out of there. That was a, well, it got dark on us. You did. Me and, me and Manano ran and we ran out of, Next year I'm gonna have me a little battery pack with me. Uh, <laughs> ran out and, of and, and, and more, more rum. Or scotch or More something. whiskey, yeah, uh, yeah. Because we ran, we drank that, we drank all of that, and run out of battery, so we couldn't film much at all of my pack out and everything else. I mean, well, was, if you look at that video, tough. when when we go down to your bowl, you can actually see the light glowing in our Same. eyes because yeah. it's amazing how much light those cameras pick up because it was getting mm. dark on us really quick. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, Joe, um, the, the video, I think, brings in a really nice way a good glimpse of how, I mean, I was looking at it, I was like, dang, we became pretty freaking efficient those few days, man. Because oh, yeah. if, if you, you know, you think about this, man, you, we, we hunt seven days, mm -hmm. we harvested four animals and mm -hmm. cleaned them up and all that stuff. And, you know, we, we kept on hunting, you know, for, for to trying to do uh, the, the fifth animal as well. So right. it's just like unbelievable, you know, bowl down, harvest it, clean up, get it ready, send it to camp, get it quartered, put it in the coolers, we're ready to hunt again, another we will down. Been able, we ready. wouldn't have been able to do that had you and Manano not sacrificed. You yeah. know, but, uh, but but we I mean it wasn't it, a again, sacrifice. It, it, uh, we it, it, it go it would have been the exact same both <laughs> ways. Yeah, we you know done. what I mean? It's we just like done. that's what I'm talking about. It's just yeah. like the efficiency of the team working together. It just shows on the show. It's like people don't realize all of that stuff happened. Those two videos happened in just seven days. Yeah. That's oh yeah. Like well, unbelievable and, and, about it, man. I mean, that that those last two bulls came on the same day. On the same day. Yeah. I mean, a morning yeah. and an evening hunt. Morning I mean, hard. And it was the same. It was the same last year or yeah. 2019, I guess. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So way cool, man. Um, before we move on in here, I just wanted to do a little shout out to guy over at Western Contours. Absolutely. Um, that oh, yeah. uh, he's doing a, a series that is just way cool, man. He, he calls that his reflection series. He has asked uh, some of us to uh, 
do put some things on the reflection series. I've already had one that's come out. I know Gilbert has done something. Luis has sent something over there. Um, but just yeah. the whole idea of the series is is really cool, man. It's, it, uh, it super is. I'm way taken back by him wanting us to be involved. I sent him a real nice note, and he sent me one back. And he was, like, blown away when he listened to it. He was like, wow, man, I, I don't know what to say. I'm like, well, man, you know, uh, I had lost, as you guys know, I've lost a couple of good friends of mine in the last week. So I had some really big, deep reflection times yeah in my prayer time and stuff like that. So guy, if I got a little too deep in the, in the faith side, I apologize, brother, but that's what drives me. So and I told, I told guy, I said, man, I listened to Tate's and Joe's and I'm like, I think I might've gotten the, the, the wrong intention here. Cause mine is like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, these was... guys went deep. And well, uh, <laughs> so, which is, which is amazing. Right. But yeah. uh, I told him, I said, Hey man, the, the, the stuff I'm sending is more a bit more mundane. It's more on the day to day, grinding, grind out at camp, yeah. uh, getting up, and you know what keeps you going in the mountain type of deal and well, setting great. goals and all yeah. that stuff. So, you know, and, and but uh, but he was super was cool wanting. about him, man. Great guy, super responsive. Yeah. Um, uh, appreciate the opportunity, guy. That's for sure. Yeah, yes. absolutely, man. So, let's guys, you know what time it is. Shout out. Know what time it is. It's time for our Elk Bros shout out. Guys, if you're new to the show, this is just a few shout outs to some cities with the most listeners topping our charts this week. Yep. And first off, man, uh, we're going to thank some folks this time for giving those incredible reviews on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And we always ask for names, and there's sometimes it just doesn't happen. But, man, I tell you what, I just got to give these people, they'll know who they are just by the names that they put on there, right? So we have the Elk Bro from the Sip. <laughs> How about that, man? Elk Bro from the Sip. Mississippi. <laughs> I just got to tell him, man, sorry we get you so pumped that he's not able to sleep at night, he says. <laughs> yeah, that's way cool. The Wyoming awesome. Elk Hunter. Dude, keep dreaming of the screaming, bud. Mez Machine, much thanks to you. Um, but you only have to worry about the machoism or insecurity with the mafia. <laughs> and I'm not saying which is which, all right? <laughs> and finally, Fisher King 8, thank you, man. We are all about flattening that learning curve. And those people uh, that, that put those, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And we really appreciate that. And coming down to our um, coming down to our videos down here in a second. Because, guys, new for this season, new for this season, we're going to have, uh, we have it so that you can be part of what we're doing with our shout-outs, okay? Um, if you want to be a part, get your cell phone and take a 10 to 15 second video. You're going to see one here. If you want to watch it on YouTube, you're going to hear it. But what these are, these are videos that listeners have sent in. They have shot a 10 to 15 second video of themselves. They tell us their name, where they're from, and they can include something, a home of, or something special about their hometown. And once you do that, you can send the video through a message. You can just go do a message on our Elk Bros Instagram. That's how um, one of our guys did that this time it was brilliant it was awesome man or Definitely. you can email me joe at elkrose.com that you have a clip and i'll send you a link to our dropbox 
If you do the clip, we will find a way to get it on here, okay? Come on, y'all. Show your face and celebrate your place, all right? <laughs> so now for our top listening cities and our grinder video shout-outs. Up first, here they go. Hey, guys. Evan Peterson from Elgin, Illinois, home of the original Elgin Watch. Just want to say thanks for everything you guys do and all the content you're putting out. Thank you. Hey Elk Bros, I'm Derek Baker in Altus, Oklahoma, proud home of the KC-46 Schoolhouse, where we train the world's greatest tanker pilots and boom operators. Hey, hey. bad to the friend bone. Derek Baker. Bad to the bone. D Baker in the house. Amp. That's awesome. Amp. And Mr. Amp. Amp. Yeah. Yeah, but he made it, his uh, squadron patch made it in our, our video too. Joe's right up against yeah. the Elkhorn. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I finally, I finally got mine the other day, and I'm patching it to my pack. Yeah. <laughs> I need to do that, too. I need to put mine on my pack. And Mr. Sure. Peterson there has family in our area, and he actually hunted the Via Caldera chap. Oh, oh he did? Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That Took is... a nice bull in the Via. And he, he, um, he had originally, I don't know if he, I think he sent an email in, you know, like, you know, well, what should I do in the Via Caldera to be able to get a bull? <laughs> like, just show up. <laughs> is, that, is that a place with a super high population, Joe? Oh man, yeah. It's it's yeah, like um, it's kind of like it's it's kind of like drawing the Via Vidal on a different scale, man. It's very limited, and the elk are just unbelievable in there. All over, yeah. So is it like a it's a once in a lifetime draw, Joe? In the yeah, Vida? it is. Yep. Oh wow, like yep. like the Via Vidal, huh? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's got a giant valley that uh, just about any time of day you can drive up there, park the car, pull out a telescope, <laughs> or uh, oculars, and you'll see elk out there just laying oh, yeah. down. Wow, it's a big, big field. Most people drive by thinking it's cattle out there. It's not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> We're gonna move on to our next cities. This top listening city was named after the Civil War general who was later killed in the Modoc War uh, by Captain Jack and his warriors. But if you like the intrigue, uh, this city was featured on the ABC series 2020 when a local psychic was found to be a real con artist and used an elaborate scheme to swindle a local rancher out of about $15 million. <laughs> I wonder if he saw that coming. In Canby, Oregon. Canby, <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> oh, man. Swindled him out of $15 million. Boy, they shoot people down here over 15 cents. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, man. That's what I said. She was, uh, that's kind of cool, man, because... You know, she was a, a psychic, <laughs> and that's how he started out, you know, and met this lady was she was doing psychic readings, and she should have told him what was getting ready to happen, man. <laughs> it can be psychic. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, up next, uh, this city is located on the island of Oahu, Hawaii's third largest island, the largest city in Hawaii. The largest city in Hawaii, it also serves as a state capital. This city is the gateway to this beautiful archipelago in the central Pacific Ocean. It is home to Waikiki Beach, Diamond Head State Monument, and the U USS Arizona and the Pearl Harbor Memorials. And that is Honolulu, Hawaii. Aloha. The big island, 
right there. I'm so sh- I'm so glad, Chad, that you said that that word because it ha- the way it's on the script it has D A H U. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw. Uh, <laughs> that's a quick recover. And when he said Oahu, I was like, oh man, because I was like. What yeah. is the other island in Hawaii that I don't know about? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I would have gone Dahu right off the bat, and I without even <laughs> think about it. Like, yep. And and I'll tell you what, if if you're a surfer, Waikiki and Diamond Head, epic. That 30 and 40 foot waves at certain times of mm-hmm. year over there, man. Manano practicing. Look at Manano practicing right now. Manano, <laughs> next city. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! What I mean, I'm I'm always bullied by this guy, man. Helping me, please help me. It's always trolling you, man. <laughs> so, okay, next city. This city is also called Valpo to locals, and it is located on the ancient Native American trail from Rock Island to Detroit. The name is derived from Spanish name that means Valley of Paradise. Valley of Paradise, parenthesis, as Louis would say, <laughs> from a similarly named in, in named city in Chile. This city was also once called the City of Churches. This is going to Valparaiso, Indiana. Valparaiso, Indiana. So I wonder how they say that in Indiana, because I mean, Manano's got that beautiful. Valparaiso. I mean, it's a college. Valparaiso. Valparaiso? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. But, but they're always in the. They're always in the big. Uh, was that Sweet Sixteen, Top Sixty Four? I mean, oh, Valpo's. Okay, I just wonder top. because I mean we've got Amarillo instead of Amarillo, mm-hmm. right? Amarillo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. That's in Texicans. It's Texans like it's like uh, Mexican language. Louis's skin color, Amarillo. It's like a Marilo by morning. Uh, it's Amarillo. <laughs> okay, man, not Santa Fe. Oh, all right, last up, Luis. <laughs> We're gonna this lose city everybody. is located along the Wabash River and is known as the Queen City of the Wabash. Home to Larry Bird's Indiana State University. The name was derived from the French phrase, and here I'm going to give it a stab. And Chav, you can correct me how it's pronounced uh, there, but uh, Terre Haute, which means highland, and was named by French explorers and fur trappers in the 18th century. Terre Haute, Indiana. How do they say it, Chav? Terre Haute. Terre Haute. Terre Haute. Yeah. See, there's like that's Terre Haute. Yeah. Terre Haute. But I'm sure the French phrase was correct. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm kind of rusty on that side, but. Well, let's let's not over the name miss out that this is the home of Larry Bird's Indiana State Indiana University. State University. Yeah. Oh, Larry okay. Indiana State Bird, University. Man. Yeah, not Indiana. Yeah. Gotcha. Larry Bird was the man. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Ugliest I, shot in basketball, but man, one of the best basketball effective. players of all time. I, I can relate as a as a finger archer that I, I don't weigh my arrows and all that stuff. Uh, but man, I get them to go. Exactly. <laughs> all right, guys. Tonight's topic: the goal, everybody, of our elk preseason guide series is to give you our tips, which is our perspectives, how we do it. Again, 
There's all we want you to listen to anybody and everybody you can out there, but these are the things that we do to get things rolling in the right direction and then help you have a plan. The what, when, where, why, and how to hunt elk this year. Episodes 101 was the one that we did last week. This is episode 102. Um, and this part of the episodes is to start with preseason tips and areas of focus that we feel would most improve an elk hunter's opportunities to be successful. Now, part three, so that's part one and two. Part three, we're going to start next week um, with the best week to hunt. We're getting all kinds of letters, guys. I mean, everybody's looking now. So they're already going, okay, if I go to Colorado or if I go to Wyoming, Montana, um, and they're asking what the best week to hunt elk in 2021. And what we're going to do is that's going to be that best week, and we're going to call it matching needs with goals because that's some of the things that we've got to do uh, when we talk about what is the best week because best week for me might not be the best week for somebody else. Right. right. Okay. Uh, and, and you got to consider weapon. If you're Colorado, there's only going to be one week you got to worry about for muzzleloader. But if you're a bow hunter, right, so – you, you've got to, you got to think a little bit differently about things because that muzzleloader hunt actually falls right in the middle of the bow hunt. So there's things to consider like that. And then mm -hmm. part four, episode 104, is going to be increased conditioning, increased opportunities. That's going to be the title of that. Part five, episode 105, is situational prep and scenario training ideas. See it, do it, be it. So those are the next ones on the list. We have more after that as well. Um, we'll announce those as we get closer to those, but that is our lineup currently for our preseason guide here. All right. And so last week, guys, remember we talked about knowledge, calling, yep. a little bit about conditioning and a, a lot about finding failure points. That was kind of sure. our discussion. So sure. I'm going to put this out to you again. So let's continue that conversation if you were asked to list preseason thoughts, mindset, or focus areas that would most improve an elk hunter's opportunities to be successful during the elk season coming up, what would those be? I thought last week we touched on some really awesome uh, tips from whether it be analyzing our failure points to, you know, Luis talking about some things that was really important to him on the calling side. Uh, I'm I'm much more uh, comfortable calling, uh, but I think 100% Luis touched on something that was so important that you don't need to be trying to get comfortable the week before the trip. This needs to start now. Oh, know? absolutely. I this, mean, that's the whole thing that we're now. saying, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, for, for guys that have never used a diaphragm call, there are lots of – or can't. Uh, you know, I know Brendan has a real tough time with it. He gags on it and guys that can't, there are some really good calls out there that are handheld mouth, you know, that are, you blow into them. I mean, find something that works for you and that you can imitate uh, those elk sounds. And, and for me, man, you know, getting on that, uh, getting on the elk nut site, I mean, downloading that app on your phone when you're traveling around in Houston, or, or wherever you live, when I travel around in Houston, I've got my read sitting right next to me, and I listen to that app, and you know I'm always, I'm always messing with. It. But I, I can't say enough about what you could do to help yourself this year 
then, and I keep harkening back to this, and I'm not, this is not a shameless plug for our elk camp, but I'm telling you straight up, you go to base camp, you will not be disappointed. Uh, yeah, as far as knowledge goes, man, in, in a lot of different areas, but uh, there's there's so many of those resources. But what I what you struck on, as far as saying that people have to start now, look, our title to this guide is be in it to win it, right? Be in it to win it means that if you, look, you're only going to get out of something what you put into it. You know, and it, Chav used to always talk to the cross-country runners that he trained about putting money in the bank, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you, there is nothing. It's time to withdraw, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it, a lot of, here's what a lot of athletes, especially inexperienced athletes, try to do is they practice. And then when they get to, and they practice in a certain mode at a certain level with a certain amount of intensity, then when they get to a game situation, they try to call on something that they've never done, right? They, they try to But a lot of times they have things go south because they haven't prepared themselves for that, right? So you, if you guys really want to be successful in this fall, then throughout this preseason, you have to have commitment to that. Now, does that mean that you've got to eat, sleep, and drink it? No, but do you have to work on your weak areas? Do you have to find those things that we're talking about that is going to make you more successful? Heck yeah. But here's the main thing that I, that I want to tell you is that if you have been struggling being successful and punching a tag, then I know this for sure. You are not going to get better this fall by doing the same things that you've been doing. Yeah, that's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. That's the definition of insanity. You have to do more. You are not able to do the same thing and expect a different result. So you've got to take a look at those areas. And look what we've talked about. Uh, And, guys, we are going to take some of these. We're going to take conditioning. We're going to take calling. We're going to take some of the shooting, and we're going to talk about these more in our preseason guide here, and we're going to spell it out a little bit more for you. But you you are not able to not look at those things in those areas and say, I'm good. Now, you might be a great shot, but remember what elk hunting is about, okay? Elk hunting is about creating opportunities, all right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you, We've already told you, we've talked about knowledge, right? We've talked about calling. We've talked a little bit about conditioning. Those are the three things. Would you guys say? Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. The three pillars. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The three pillars of elk hunting, for sure. Yeah. Learn, you know, knowledge, calling, and conditioning, right? Because there, uh, there's, it's kind of like, let's, let's take a basketball player, right? And the conditioning, I'm sorry to interrupt there no, with the example, ahead. but the conditioning has to incorporate, you know, the ability to close the deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, because, and I mean, to me, that's your, that's your ultimate goal right there. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and guys, I, I'm just going to send this out there. 
y'all are going to get in these situations where there's animals coming in or you're sneaking into an animal and he's looking at you and he may be walking straight to you. I don't care. You have to draw your bow. It, it, you're going to get messed. These critters are so big and so athletic. I mean, they will cover a lot of ground really fast. And if you get hung to your uh, your rangefinder or just not drawing your bow because you're worried about them looking at you, you got to draw. It, you will never be able, I'm talking to archers only, okay? You will never be able to release an arrow if you don't draw your bow. You know, it, it's, I can't tell you how many guys I've hunted with and, and not, not just recently, but I mean a long time now that guys get hung up and they won't draw their bow. Man, I'm going to tell you, I've, I've watched my nano hold. <laughs> I've watched him lose an arrow off of his wrist. Uh, you know, I've held uh, that bull I killed, not this year, but last year. I don't know how long I held that draw, but it was a long time that, yeah. until the bull decided to move, you know. But you got to draw or we never get we never get to where we want to be so we can do what Luis? we can finish yeah right close the deal got to close it right yeah part of part of that conditioning is being proficient at shooting right Mm -hmm. you know and shoot under you know all conditions and circumstances when you have the chance you know like early early in the morning when you're cold or at twilight Uh, and you know be prepared for the unexpected you know sometimes you, you don't have time to uh, gauge the distance. So practice, you know, Knowing what practice 30 yards gauging distances. Like. Yeah. yeah, without your range, without your range finder. You can't range them all the time. Yeah. Look. With the, with the bows we have nowadays, your 20, 30 yards are going to be within three or three four inches, inches of one yeah. another, right? Yeah. It's that 40 and beyond that gets yeah. – a lot loopier right we get a lot more <laughs> looping that long shot i made this year it looked like i shot three feet over his back but it, it went <laughs> right where it needed to go as it, it dropped as it yeah. down you know yeah uh, but i mean that's it knowing knowing the animal's anatomy and being able to put it where you want to in all in any scenario whether we're on our knees you know i shoot here at my house guys and i my wife pulls her hair out because I shoot down a real thin corridor down through the middle of the side of my house, through the bushes in the back. I mean, I got a, I got a window about that big, you know, three foot by three foot to shoot through. But I'm going to have that all the time when I'm there in camp. I mean, the first day, first day uh, Joe and I went out the first evening, we both had opportunities, but man, it was shooting through stuff like that. You know, I mean, stuff's up there like this, and you're like, man, how am I going? I'm, I'm looking for a way to weave something oh, in let me, let me tell you, that bull I shot, man, the window was, oh, it was yeah. so small, that window that I had to shoot through. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I mean, you have to know the trajectory of, of your arrow. You have to understand how that works, and that comes from shooting things in there. And, you know, what you guys are talking about and telling people is when – if you're going to be committed to being successful, you have to get out of your comfort zone. Now, hold on to that thought about comfort zone, but here's the thing about commitment. And here's what I want you guys to think about. The moment that you tell yourself 
that you're going to be a better elk hunter. The moment that you say that you're going to commit to those things that you might have been making excuses about, like saying, I can't use a call because it makes me gag, or I can't use a release because it does this or that, you know, or, um, I mean, there's just so many of those types of things that we make excuses for, you know. Yeah, or... Or I don't want to learn because I have Joe, mentor, Jeff. No, you're still using that excuse though, Manana. It's a great excuse. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great excuse. You know, I, I agree. I, 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 I could not draw my bow because the animal was looking at me, right? Or I couldn't shoot that shot because there was there was something there was a limb going through the kill zone between me and that animal. Well. You see that there are things that you can overcome by getting out of your comfort zone. And the moment that you say that you're going to be committed to doing that, the moment you do that, you are already a better elk hunter at that point. And that's what Chav's talking about. How many people, and and we're going to talk about this because I read our Elk Rose mailbox down there. uh, and, And that's a perfect example. But there's so many people that say, I hunted for three days, and, and you're going to hear this down there, hunted for three days, put on 60 miles, and I didn't hear a single bugle. There were no elk in the area, right? Well, you know. It took me one day to figure that out. <laughs> well, and, but in using one style, I mean, I can, yeah. I can see somebody running down ridges, blowing bugles. They don't hear, so there's no elk, right? So you, you've got to get out of your comfort zone in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. A lot of areas, whether yeah. it's strategies, whether it's training. You know, Luis, how comfortable are you with your training regimen? Oh, um, it's been a progression, Joe. But uh, honestly, one of the things that I have done this year <laughs> is like I did not want to go through the pain of getting back in shape. I started last year probably three months before the hunt and i felt i i felt pretty comfortable when i got there i was in in the in probably the best shape of all the five years that i had gone before last year uh nevertheless i tend to relax after the hunt and then you know start back up again as the hunt approaches so I decided that wasn't going to be the case this year. So I picked up my exercising and my training right after I came back from the hunt. And I've kept it through the holidays and uh, been doing three, four times a week. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling better and better, man. That's it's just I don't want to go through that painful process of getting up to that level. Now, every every workout is painful and I hate working out, but I like the way it feels. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And his wife likes how he looks, Joe. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I do. Well, like we said, we, we have we have the, the, the mafia guys with one with machoism, one with insecurity. I'm not saying who's one. Which one? Yeah. yeah. We're not gonna tell she you. She was smart. Yeah. That was smart, huh? Yeah, I don't know which one's worse. Yeah, you know, Joe, I I would have said you know, with my injuries coming into camp to this year, uh, it'd been real easy for me to just go and, and the, you know, the same day you like to killed me, it'd been real easy for me to just say, man, I'm out. You know, this ain't going to happen for me. 
I was so dedicated after having that one opportunity that I blew uh, because of a, a little thing that I wasn't ready for. Um, you put a bull inside of 75 yards from me and I get my draw, my bow drawn back, that bull is going to die. I'm going to tell you right now. I feel that kind of confidence. Uh, however, man, my foot was killing me the last few days. I think I ate 60 tablets of Advil while I was up there. I mean, my oh foot my was goodness, man. blues, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so I really wasn't able to train like I normally do. The year before that, I came into camp and was in the best shape of my life, man. Uh, 245 pounds, 250 pounds. And I mean, I was... I could tear it up and go as long as I wanted to go. And then, like I said, about, I guess it was about June, I, I broke my big, t my middle toe, and then something popped. Uh, it, I got this plantar fasciitis in my foot and some uh -huh. ligament popped in my foot. But there was no way in hell I was going, I'm an elk hunter. There was no way in hell I was not going to do everything I could and I'd made my decision up that day. I was like, well, I'm either going to die here on this mountain because I can't breathe no more, or I'm going to kill a bull, you know? And uh, those are the things, even even though I wasn't in the best shape, you got to have heart, guys. You know, you, when you're in the middle of it and, and it just doesn't think, think it's going to happen, that's when you got to dig deep. And, you know, you got a guy like Joe Gillia with you and Leroy Chavez who's sitting on your shoulder pushing you every day it's pretty easy to to make that decision but a lot of you guys don't have that a lot of you guys are solo out there pretty easy to go oh i'm looking over that ridge and man i don't hear nothing i don't see nothing bail off that ridge brother go down there and find out you know i mean you joe has said this a thousand times you buy your tags you got five to 14 days to hunt however many days you guys hunt 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 them all, man. You know, that's all, you work all year to get there. You know, put the work in, go do, go do what you got to yeah, do. You got 350 days to sleep. Yeah, you got right? 350 so, no. days we could have slept. <laughs> you know, go put your workout in. Uh, I'm really excited about mine getting back in it. My foot feels good. So far, so good, man. Uh, you know, back in, into my diet regiment, uh, it's going to be good. I'm coming into elk camp ready to rock and roll, and we're going to sling some arrows at some stuff because that's what I love to do. Yeah. You well, know, you know well, one of the things I, I mentioned on on um, uh, before, and I, 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 I think I've mentioned this a couple of times in this podcast as well, is that one of the things that fuels my commitment and keeps me disciplined is avoiding regret mm -hmm. and so you know and it goes back to what you guys are just saying right i mean you're going to be out there for seven days it's you just bitch. seven days you've been dreaming about those seven days the whole year yep. you know so why would you sleep in mm -hmm. you know <laughs> you if the hardest moment for me, and I've said this before as well, the hardest moment for me is getting up in the morning and after a tough day, man, when it's cold out there, you know, we Venezuelans are not genetically built for this kind of weather. <laughs> They're from the um, equator. <laughs> yeah, we're free. we live 10 degrees above the equator, you all. So, uh, man, it's just so hard getting up in the morning. That mental state's got to be right. And for me, it's like, look, 
I've been dreaming for this, and I know it's going to get better. As soon as that sun comes out and we're already walking with our bows in our hands, it's going to be magical. So that's what, you know, keeps me going. It makes me get up, and it makes me uh, – you can see it in the first video that Joe did, and he goes in and he interviews me when I'm getting up in the morning. My voice is all broken up, and I'm like <laughs> just kind of dying. And he breaks out with the news saying, hell, yeah, we're going to go to – the bathroom yeah. and i'm like we all know how tough that one is so i i remember That's reacting like funny. just That's saying funny. just saying uh oh and my voice is already broken so that's bad news <laughs> i sound like i'm freaking drunk and uh so <laughs> that to me that's that i just i just want to be able to come back home after the hunt and say you know Give what everything I, I gave it all I gave it all, and I have no regrets because I did everything that was under my control to do. So that all of that takes a commitment, and we're talking about working on that. And and so you're saying basically that's what helps drive your commitment now in this preseason, right? Yeah. That you yeah. know that what you're going to have to put into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, Chav, you've been doing it for 38 years, and you have um, – Man, you you've been in a battle for the beyond. I mean, you know, I don't know how anybody could even freaking comprehend it. But mm-hmm. even to that and where you are right now, um, you're you're still thinking besides the physical part, you know, besides the part of being able to once again be able to step over logs to be able to step over trees, to step on rocks, to have balance, to go from. I mean, think about that, y'all. You know, this this is what he's trying to fight to get back to, right? <laughs> but I've been watching something else, too, because I, I, you know, number one, this guy hasn't ever called for himself out in the woods, right, Chad? No. no. Uh-uh. no. Uh, other than who, who's your really. right? Yeah. 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 And, and the other thing is, if you've ever seen Chav draw, but... So let me just ask you, what are some of the things that you're committed to during the preseason, Chap? Well, of course, you know, uh, balance and being able to walk again. Um, but I, I'm committed to, well, you know, I think all of our goals is to get a clean kill. And a, a lot of it's practicing shooting. And I know that I have like a little hitch when I draw back. I, I tend to raise the bow and then lower it. So I'm going to be able to just draw straight back. And so I've been working with uh, with uh, those, uh, what do you call those bands? Bands. Yeah. Bands, uh-huh. bands uh, to pull back the resistance. And uh, I was surprised when I pulled the bow back uh, last week. Uh, you know, I was like, oh. Shot am I gonna the group. To, yeah, am I going to be able to shoot a bow or am I going to have to go with the, with the crossbow? And when I when I drew back, it was all oh, right. You know, I can do it. But a lot of a lot of my preseason, you know, in addition to just getting uh, the ability to walk again, is to uh, get proficient shooting. You know, I can do that. I can go outside and and I can't really. I, I haven't tried uh, drying the bow uh, just standing up. You know, I got a chair I sit down on. I figure if anything, I'll get in a tree stand sometime. <laughs> so I sit down. Jeff, sometimes it's harder to, to draw it yeah. sitting down, man. I bet you'll be really good at, uh, at drawing and standing, and standing up for better. sure. Yeah. So, so that's that's some of the stuff I work on, you know. And, uh, you know, like like uh, Gilbert said, he shoots shoot through windows if you have the chance. 
you know, I, I can shoot from my front yard through, a, you know, V in a tree and there's some other branches like this. So, you know, uh, shoot through obstacles more or less. That way, uh, when you get for out the, there. And for uh, the younger ahead. audience, I'm sorry, Chuff. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking, we're talking tree windows. Yeah, and tree windows. windows in the right. wilderness. Not windows in your house. At home. <laughs> yes. You know, we sometimes get misinterpreted. Disclaimer. Stuff out there. Like, yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, if I could shoot through, if I could shoot through a window window, I could probably, I probably would have a, a 12 point buck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all around y'all's house. So, likes, that likes to visit every once in a while. So I want you to know I've shot from inside my house out through the glass sliding door into the backyard so uh <laughs> yeah warmer in there joe <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I'm, i might not be the safest so we've talked about commitment um and and that's that's one thing that i want everybody to have in their mindset in preseason how are you going to commit what are you going to do to do more and and when you're doing more that doesn't mean without focus, without purpose, without, you know, a goal in mind, uh, is your commitment, how are you going to get out of your comfort zone? And I know for a lot of people, even for me, you know, being willing to listen to new ideas and give them a chance, you know, I mean, Luis is great at that. And I think yeah. he actually brings something to the group because he is willing to do that and to try things. And, and, uh, and I think that helps all of us. But the next area that I want to talk about that people need to, that I would say would help there during their preseason is situational prep, realistic scenario training. Um, you guys understand what I mean by that? You bet. Yeah. Yeah. Real hunting training scenarios. Yeah. You know, so like if I'm shooting, am I just going to be a rock star in my backyard? You know, where I'm just going to stand in all the time, shoot from the same place, same distance. Yeah. Like you like guys. I say, even you... struggled in my backyard. <laughs> you lying <laughs> turd, man. I'm serious. <laughs> or I'm serious. Ha have you tried doing a sprint before you shoot? Have you tried getting in an awkward position because you have limbs in your way? Yeah. Or, you know, uh, have you tried going up a hill or carrying a pack, making sure you have all your gear on you when you do that? And we're going to talk more about that. Uh, Nano has tried it with a phone in his mouth. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, very well. What was the advice that Car Gamage gave you? Like, a, put a plastic bag in your head and yeah, wrap it he up. Said, <laughs> he told me the first time I was going to come elk hunting. He said, I, I said, well, what kind of training I need to do? He goes, oh, hell, boy. He said, you got a Walmart sack? I said, yes, sir. He said, get you that Walmart sack, poke a little hole out for your mouth. Hold it over your head and tie it shut. Go run around the block about three times. That'll be good. <laughs> that, that'll feel just about right. That'll be just about um, right. I'm do thinking, not attempt this at home. This I'm is like, for yeah. put a Walmart sack over my head. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I hit them mountains, That's how it felt. Hit me in the face like a crappy mop, son. No air up there. They somebody sucked it all up, and it wouldn't have mattered if I had that bag over my head or not. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You know, there's just no air up there. I agree. It's so important for you guys in y'all's pre in y'all's training to try and train. They got altitude masks now and everything else, man. It's really important to get some elevation training, uh, and then. Man, you got to shoot your bow when you're in camp because it's going to shoot different than when you're down here. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not big. It's some subtle differences. Um, 
here when you know if guys can get elevated and shoot straight down you're going to have some opportunities to do that and we don't necessarily do that in our practice here you know um, the cool thing about us down here when joe's talking about situational prep uh realistic scenario train i mean we get to go out in the field weekly and go hunt these wild hogs down here and stuff like that so we get a lot of that you know um so we get to look at our equipment year in and year out test some really cool clothing and you know uh and then and then you know try to factor in what's going to be able to make the grade or not i have an actual box in my room that i keep all my elk hunting clothes in i don't i don't deer hunt in it it's just for elk hunting and when i come back every year i put it all back i wash it and put it in that box and i'm like well that's all i need to take to elk camp yeah well i did that last year and this year i got to elk <laughs> camp fellas and it snowed four inches of snow on September the 9th. <clears throat> Everything I had in that box wasn't enough. So I'm going to tell you right now, you need to be ready for anything uh, that's thrown at you. Carry you some cold weather gear with you, and you can leave it in, your, in your, your tent, or you can leave it in your truck or whatever. But be ready for a wide range of things. That, that you know, I'm going to give you another example, though, real quick, is that uh, how many people – I mean, this happens when you're walking through the woods and all of a sudden you look up and you have an elk walking in on you and you only have so much time. I mean, it's like it's right now. It's a right now. There's two different situations that can happen in the woods. Well, actually, you know, there's times. <laughs> plenty. Have, yeah. yeah, there's plenty. But you can have this right now situation. You can Absolutely. have one that you're kind of prepped and you're ready to get into or you can have the one that you're at full draw for what seems like not just minutes but it seems yeah. like man it's Long like a freaking hour man yeah. yeah it's like calendar time so how many times does somebody like have their bow down like they're walking and then give themselves three seconds to smoothly pull an arrow get it on the string get it on draw back and be ready to go and then shoot yeah. i mean with 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 minimal time or do just the opposite draw back and have to hold uh, and, you know, uh, Gilbert, you said you do this training with a TV yeah, set when you're doing yeah. it like there? Yeah, when I'm watching TV, I, I, I put my start now. I put an arrow in my bow. Always put an arrow in your bow, but have something in front of it that's very safe to shoot. And I draw my bow. My goal is for three minutes. Three minutes? Three right? minutes. Yeah. yeah. And I can do that. Well, that, now look, no, that's I, just a gold chaff. It doesn't mean that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can hold my bow back for longer than three minutes, but the goal is to get to th my my goal was to get to three minutes. Three minutes is a long time, fellas. Well, hold the, thing, back. The, thing I want, the thing I want to tell people, though, is in that situation where you're trying to have to hold, that's the thing you need to do is you have to learn that you don't <clears> necessarily <throat> have to be at your correct position to hold. That's right. right. You, know, yeah, you, you can drop that. You elbow. can drop that arm yeah. down a little bit and you can still hold that. Yeah. And then you can easily come right back up again. I mean, just you got like to get to that anchor. You got yeah. to get to that anchor. Yeah. I did it. That anchor, man. Yeah. You got to get to that correct anchor. And I, and I, my... you know, my buddy Luis over there has been really astute this year about studying, on arrow weights and how how not tuning and 
all of that. And one of the things he just discovered was a really cool tool that I want everybody to know about, and it's called the Bomar nose button. And uh, that nose button actually you put in your string, and you actually get well. But, but the, that doesn't work for big because your like nose mine. is too big, bro. If Manano puts the nose button on it and actually uses correctly, he loses like five inches of draw length, man. <laughs> You're just jealous, dude, because a big nose is a sign of royalty. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm with you. Yeah. Hey, Madonna, I'm with you, buddy, man. I, I got you there. This, this show took a draw. turn for the worst. <laughs> Crazy. No, but I, you know, to that, to your point there, Beto, um, I, I love hunting pigs. You all know this. Um, yeah. I... Me too. I realized that, you know, some of the pigs I hunt are usually at night. I, I was able to install a green light on my bow, and uh, it's, it's, such, it's so cool. And uh, what I've realized is that, especially if you're on a tree stand and you actually draw at night and you try to anchor at night, it's so easy to Be not bend at the waist at night and because you you know you don't want to lose your balance on a tree stand or something like that yeah. and to anchor incorrectly is the easiest thing to do so i rafa actually got me into the the omar uh the bomar nose button and uh i gave it a try and installed it and when i went to use it the first time i drew and i anchored at night and guess what, man? I couldn't find it with my nose. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, wow. I was already in a bat anchor point. So I kind of ran my nose tip uh, up and down the string until I finally <laughs> found it and was able to actually anchor. And that's when I took the shot. But, I mean, at that point, I was like, wow, this thing actually really works. It's such a simple thing, but it just makes a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got some of your top archers out there that are now using it. They actually shoot competitively distance. I mean, Levi Morgan's one of them. There's some really big-name archers out there that are using it. And it, look, anything to help give you an edge to get to that same anchor. It, and there's a lot, like I said, harkening back to how long can you hold that draw. Joe, you, you hit the nail on the head. That bull's walking in on you straight on from 100 yards. In about three seconds, he's going to be in your hip pocket. Yeah. Right. So if you haven't drawn when you've seen him and look, when he's walking to you, things are moving by. You can draw. The yeah. worst thing's going to happen. He's going to stop and turn broadside. Right. And sure. Probably run a few yards and stop maybe, and turn. Maybe I, I'm telling you that I, I drew that bull looking right dead at me, you know, and, and it wasn't he, he didn't do anything. He stood there broadside looking at me. Like my bull this year saw Manano. Imagine how scary that would be. And he he he, 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 he ran he ran three yards and stopped and turned and turned broadside. Yeah, I mean, and Manano had to hold his. He had to hold his bow. I mean, he actually had to do a lot of. He had to draw twice. Twice. Yeah. Not, yeah. On an animal that, there. and that animal was close when he was, he was coming yeah. in, man. Really close, yeah. but. You know, we're going to talk a lot more about situational prep because that's going to be on one of our future, and we're cool. going to lay a whole lot of more, a lot more out of, the, you know, on that. So I want cool. everybody thinking about that because, you know, when you were talking about how you have to draw, Gilbert, I think a lot of problem for some guys is they are in a position where they don't even have an arrow yet. 
So they got to get an arrow, they got to get it on their bow, and then they got to get it drawn. So, mm-hmm. you know, how many Joe's times... Joe's constantly telling me, hey, man, take that arrow off, dude. Yeah. You know, we're traipsing around through here. Yeah, that's dangerous. I'm like, dude, I'm, I, I want to be ready because at any minute, dude, we're in them, you know. Any minute, we're going to be in them. But, yeah, you guys got to be safe. But, man, I'm one of the guys up. Man, I'm hunting. I need. I need and, a bullet and, in And we gun. we need to talk about that because yeah. you know if you look on the video, there's times yeah. where you'll see us with arrows on our bows already. Yeah. You know, yeah. in certain situations, and you know, I know some people are like, you know, especially my mom's probably going, "You're gonna fall, poke your eye out," <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> right. But and there's uh, a high possibility for that. I mean, yeah. you know, actually, it, actually it, it, it's it's a whole, and we'll talk more about that as we get yeah. into it. Okay. Yeah. So the next area before you know, there's one more area I want to talk about that's got to be on that preseason man and and that is strengthening your mental endurance and now this can go back up there to that commitment area from before because our mental strength comes from belief and belief comes from confidence and confidence comes from preparation and achievement right yeah but it, it is an area that i think is important to talk about that's not talked about enough yeah and I, think, I can tell I, you this, guys. If y'all believe it, it's true. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you if you feel like you ain't gonna, you you can't do something, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it, 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 you you go to the mountains, and I can tell you this by personal experience. You go to the mind to the mountains with a different mindset. If you feel like you have, like in my case, prepared physically, than when you know you haven't prepared physically. <laughs> it's you, you, you go to the mountain with a different mindset. I mean, it doesn't matter. It, your body may be able to give it to you in the mountains and, and you know, right. be able to perform, but mentally, you know you didn't put the work in and, and that's gonna bug you. And the same thing if you don't practice with your bow, if you don't, are not comfortable with your equipment. Look, I, I, I shoot my bow a lot to the point that I go through strings quickly. Okay, and that's one of the things also that I wanted to mention here because sometimes you kind of have to time your string wear because if your string <laughs> is pretty worn right before your trip, yeah, you want to go buy a new change bow. Your string, and then now you got new strings in there. You got to break in the bow. You got all. You want to do this the week before the hunt? You are screwed. You, you're mentally not going to be confident enough. So make sure that if you want to change your string, if you want to put a nose button in it, if you want to change your arrow setup, if you want to you know, do any changes with your equipment, start doing it now. As a matter of fact, you're already late. And make sure that you feel comfortable with your equipment and you work through all the kinks by the time you get ready uh, to go to your hunt. When you go to your hunt, you put the physical work in, you've, you've tested your equipment, and you're comfortable with both, you're going in with a different mindset. Trust me, I, I, I've been in both sides of that spectrum. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. and I, Spoken I've seen from you. true, true work. Yeah. I've seen you on that journey, man. I've, I've seen you, you know. Uh, I, I watched you walk into elk camp this year with a brand new bow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> brand new arrows, man. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, this guy, it's like. Not so intentionally. Don't buy, don't buy a new pair of boots and not wear them before yeah, you get Not camp. intentionally. No, it was intentional. Oh, I wasn't. <laughs> he just wanted to beat me out. So I, you know, that felt good, but it wasn't intentional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, you know, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do something like that. Uh, in your preparation, you need to be ready for when you go into the mountains. Don't buy you a new pair of boots on the way up to the mountains. No, absolutely not. And then not, decide man. you're going to break them in because your feet are going to hate you. 
you know, and uh, I, man, my feet are the most important thing in the world to me on the mountain. I wear a good pair of boots. I wear some expensive daggum socks because they take good care of my feet. And uh, I mean, the stuff we Four boots. In the, yeah, look, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to have good boots because you don't want the soles coming off of them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> And in the mule, you probably ought to carry an extra pair because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, you want to have something that's comfortable, man. Uh, your feet going to carry you a, a long way unless you're getting out of a mule and shaking a corn sack at an elk and he come running up to you and you kill him. You know, that ain't how we do things. You know, you know when, you, when you talk about mental endurance, when you talk about mental strength, and you're talking about like shoes, when you're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, your bowstrings, when you're talking about all of these different things, we used, to, we used to have a saying that, you know, people say, well, why are you buying kids new uniforms? It's like sometimes you play like you feel, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, when you look 100%. good, you feel good. And, you know, and some of that weighs into that. And, and, mm -hmm. not, and it doesn't have to be so much it has to be something extravagant or anything mm -hmm. out there. It just has to be something that you have feel confidence good. in, no matter what it is. And, and you've got to learn to develop that and wrap yourself in that confidence. Because remember, guys, mental strength comes from belief. Belief comes from confidence. Confidence comes from preparation and achievement. And achievement. So, yeah. When you have, you know, you take that bowstring, when you've done the preparation and you've shot it a number of times and you're confident in how that's shooting, now you have that confidence. And then that mm -hmm. gives you the belief of what you can do with that bow. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. So same thing with what you have on your feet, that I'm going to be able to survive with it. I can do the mile. I can get up and down. It, You know, whatever it takes, mm -hmm. you know, to make that happen, do it. If you have yeah. to put a little something into this area to give you that amount of confidence, well, there is no price on that. You know, mm -hmm. there isn't. That's why we tell you things like go out and get knowledge, because let me tell you what, most of the people I talk to, they feel like when they have come across elk, it's, it's been because they've been lucky. Well, number one, I don't believe in luck. You know, yeah. uh, there are chance happenings to come around and elk, but you number one you had to put yourself in the situation you had to put yourself in the woods you had to put yourself someplace that the elk want to go in order for you that have that happening so not everything is luck and if you're able to harvest an animal and you think you were lucky then it was just skill and opportunity that met together there's no such thing as luck so uh I, we really want to go in depth in some of these things but we're going to come bring those back during our guide here man during our preseason guide and i'm excited to bring more of these back guys and talk more about some of these and more in depth because i think whenever we talk about them it really helps us i think it helps everybody. oh yeah man look i you know, like i told you i've already got a list I, I don't have it with me but i have a list of everything that i felt like was failure points from last year you know so i want you to bring that list because um at some point i want to post that list for somebody to look at sure and for these sure. guys to see and go well what is it that they would think is a failure point because that is something that they can learn from ahead of time mm -hmm. because by the time we finish this series y'all i actually want to have something that people can look at okay 
um, for the different type of areas that are suggestions in there. Cool. And, and I know that we're going to have stuff like this on our academy that's going to be there, absolutely. But that's the whole point of this series is to get people doing things from now to then that's going to improve their opportunities, okay? Banana, you... Yeah, I wanted to say something that helped me a lot when I was in Venezuela. I, I used to ride dirt bikes uh, and race uh, enduro, which is similar to uh, motocross. Mm -hmm. uh, I always... Uh, when I have a tournament, a big race coming, actually the day before or even the day of the race, I got nervous, really, I mean, really nervous and mm -hmm. start trading stuff. And, uh, Anxiety. In every single tournament, every single race before the race. And I got a, an advice from a, a professional rider. He goes, Manano, that's what you do every single weekend, every single day. You ride your deer bike. You practice a lot. Why you are so scared? Yeah. Why you are getting so nervous? That's what you know. Yeah, I mean, it's in your blood. And 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 he uh, he said, man, practice is everything. Yeah. Practice. Wow, it's it's the tool that that's gonna help you to build the confidence in your mine yeah. and i and i would say in in hunt if you're hunting with confidence you will be successful you will create that opportunity that joe was talking about yeah. you will create that successful encounter I, yeah. I don't i don't believe in good luck i don't i don't i don't i'm sorry i don't i'm not <laughs> a big believer of of good luck yeah. you create the opportunities so uh, and I see. I think I mentioned it the the last podcast. Uh, we hunt pigs all the time, and we, I mean, we learn. We learn from every single hunt we we do. It's a form and, of practice. Yeah, and, and that's that's if you if you uh, if you think harder, it's just practice. Mm -hmm. You gotta practice. I, I tell you, you gotta practice in a real real scenario right I tell, Every my single girls, time. I tell my girls all the time we're playing softball you know bottom of the seventh you know two outs bases loaded game tied you want the bat you know who who, who here wants the bat you know if if all of you're not raising your hand this game ain't for you right you know i mean we put all want to win here huh put me in coach yeah I'm, I'm like i want the bat you know <laughs> I, okay i'm i, I you got to have an opportunity to win but a lot of them will say you know coach, well that's a lot of pressure coach my coach that i had roy dern oh man he was brutal uh but my coach growing up my baseball coach growing up would tell you son pressure's what you feel when you don't know what you're doing You've been doing this every day of your life since you were six years old. This is what you do, son. Let it flow. Yeah, let it get up there with that bat and have fun. Look for that first 17-inch pitch. You know, the plate's 17 inches. It doesn't change. When that ball comes in there and it's a strike, hit the first good strike you see. Don't, don't wait. Don't become indecisive. Play the game the right way. You know, I, I used to have I have conversations with that with my kids. Game on the line, bases loaded. We're looking for the first good pitch to hit. Boom. I mean, we're aggressive. 
It's the same thing Joe talks about. When we're in the woods, we're going to be aggressive. Why? Because that's what we practice. And, we and, practice and, closing the deal. Yeah, but the, uh, and that's the mental setup for professional golfer, golfers yeah. too. Sure. You have to, don't think about it. Just, I mean, just hit the ball. Go, that's man. it do what you rely do. on your muscle memories yeah we're, we're gonna muscle come, memories yeah. we're going to come yes, back and it. we're going to go back into this again y'all yes. so uh this is something that we want to get more in depth to but we're gonna have to get to our ma elk bros mailbox now so yes sir uh, so okay we have seth miller from chicago illinois mm -hmm. he goes like Thank you so much for all the info you guys are willing to share. We hunt Colorado this year during the middle of September and really struggled. Never heard a bugle. It was our first time hunting elk and we must have covered 60 miles in three days. What did you guys do when you have a plan A, B, and C and all three are a bust? <laughs> so I would, I would recommend you Call a Joe and Jeff <laughs> right away. And that's my best bet, man. Yeah, what would you tell this guy, man? He's gone 60 miles in three days and he hasn't heard a bugle, so there's no elk. <laughs> I just think they may have may have actually passed elk on their way walking 60 miles. Are they in downtown Colorado? Or? <laughs> yeah, were they in downtown Denver? Or... <laughs> downtown Denver, yeah. I guess you don't know about the pressure, but um, you know you gotta you gotta get up real early. You know, get up in the dark and and see if you hear anything then. Or or, or signs. You know, I need yeah. a little bit more information, Seth. Yeah. I need to know, you know, where, where you guys were hunting. Yeah. What altitude you were hunting at? What the weather was well, like? I mean, so so if I just took three, it from because it it doesn't look for lack of effort. I mean, these right. guys put sixty miles in three days. Exactly. I mean, Holy yeah, but, crap. That, I mean, but what kind of effort was it, man? I mean, what, yeah, were they on bikes for tw you know twenty? No, of I, 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 I well, think feet? about it, man. That's twenty miles a day. That's yeah. easy, man, to put five miles in the morning and I mean, you know, one way and ten miles in the morning and ten miles in the evening. That's mm -hmm. that's a piece of cake on an elk hunt, man. For sure. you, it happens all well, the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. You. Slow down, slow yeah. your horses. Yeah, it depends too on where you're hunting too. But man. but what I what I'm saying though is is I mean these are first time elk hunters. They said they never heard a bugle, and so. Most people assume because they don't hear a bugle that there's no elk. So if they're out there, and I'm not sure what their technique was, if they were out just bugling and then going and bugling. Yeah. But like but, Chab but, said, I think they went past a lot of elk just trying to cover ground. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't guys disagree. guys into the wind? I mean. I don't disagree. It's, a, it's obviously the first time, right? But, right. I mean, my point is, like, it would be a lot different if he said, hey, look, man, we didn't, we didn't hear a bugle. Uh, but I mean, I think he's trying to portray as like, it wasn't really for a lack of effort. Right. I mean, the guys yeah. put a lot of miles in three days. So, and, and they, by him saying that they put, you know, plan A, B and C and all three are a bust. So they're, they're covering different areas. So I, I think they cover a ton of area. Um, and it just depends and they, on how they covered it. I mean, were they, I like I, don't, don't disagree. Right? Don't disagree. That's why Beto is saying we probably need more info to kind of understand yeah. how to possibly help. I'd like to know where it was. Cause you know, what unit you were in and stuff like that. Cause I probably wouldn't go back to there next year. 
Uh, yeah, and, and I had news for you. If, if plan A, plan B, and plan C didn't work, I would be developing a D, E, and F, man. I well, mean, on the spot. So, well, um, For me, too, Joe, were they seeing sign? You know, were they yeah. seeing trees blown up? Were they yeah, see, seeing that, that's, fresh that, That's I mean, what I'm, I'm saying is, is all I hear out of this is we never heard a bugle. It wasn't anything about, you know, we never smelled elk. We never saw any drops. sign. You know, mm. we never saw any droppings. You know, I, I again, were they just staying on a trail? Were they staying on uh, yeah. on on uh, two tracks? What were they I, doing? Seth Elk are where they're at, and they can't yeah. be where they're not. Were, they, were so. they just going across the top of hills, wait until they yeah. heard something? Yeah. You know, and and uh, I don't know, because if they did that, they should have heard something. I mean, look, we've hunted a few days ourselves, and look, we're around elk, but we've hunted a few days ourselves and went, man, where in the world did these critters go? We know they were there. But but here's here's my here's what I'm saying to that. We're in an area where we're going like, where did the elk go? And it's almost like because, again, they're not they're not sounding off. They're being silent. Um, And then it snows. And that very same area, the next day is blowing up. Yeah, it looked like they were uh, right? 300. Yeah. He had an elk in there. Yeah, yeah so crazy. it's, it's so smart. you know, you're going through, and because you're not seeing, you know, track in snow, and you're not hearing a call, people assume there's no elk in area. And that's mm-hmm. not always the case. And you oh. can actually hunt plan A, and by the time you're on C, there's animals back in A. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but only three days, right? I mean, it's just, you know. Yeah. 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 So was, I, I would I would encourage Seth to, you know, send us more info, and, and we'll be glad to reply and help out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sounds yeah. like a good idea. Yeah, more detail. Yeah. You you. yeah hopefully we get some from you, Seth. Chav, okay. you're up. Okay, uh, this is from Jim Vickers from Richmond, Virginia. Yes, if you were archery hunting elk in Colorado and were looking at the days around the equinox, which would you worry about affecting the elk more, the moon or the muzzle loaders? (laughs) (laughs) I I might think about what would affect me more. Getting shot by one of the muzzle loaders. Yeah, that's because number one, I, I could care less about moon phase as an archer as a as a rifle hunter i got to think a little bit more about that for some other reasons that we can talk about but uh but for uh an archery hunter i could care less about moon phase um elk are going to be elk and if they're going into the trees earlier because they've been out screaming all night then i'm in the trees hunting them that's where i want to be anyway i'm not going to kill one out in an open park right so not only that that your midday hunt's going to be really cool you can get out you know yep a lot earlier they're going to spend time moving around earlier uh your midday stuff's going to be even better yeah now the muzzle loaders uh, i worry about them personally <laughs> yeah but get, get some orange buddy but I think I've I've talked to people in Colorado that once they start popping off, that the elk shut up, too. You know, it has an effect on the animals as far as oh yeah, you know, yeah, they're creatures of habit. They yeah. don't like them things blowing up around them. Yeah, so. I just know. I guess is uh, how is it in New Mexico, Joe? Or I guess muzzleloader in archery season, they don't. No, do they, they don't merge they don't, for they don't, two? They don't. But, they don't merge. You can hunt. But, you can hunt with your bow during our muzzle. Absolutely, loaders. and I have. I've even recommended for some people Definitely. to put in for that muzzleloader hunt if they want to hunt their bow because I really Wide think open. that that October first through October eighth is 
phenomenal, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you won't be going around and going, "Well, I didn't even hear one." Yeah. <laughs> you ain't in them. I can tell you that. Goodbye. They are sounding mm-hmm. off big time. They and, keep you and, awake at night. Which that's that's where that whole argument about you know the elk mm-hmm. shutting up because of the muzzle loaders. I, man, I I just have a hard time because I guide during the rifle season. Uh, we hunt rifle during that October first. Yeah. I've I've seen been out there a muzzleloader, and it doesn't shut the animals up, man. They they keep on screaming if they're screaming. <clears throat> I mean, elk rut when they rut, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So I don't know. Don't man. worry about that moon phase, brother Jim. Uh, Mr. Vickers out of Richmond, Virginia. Don't worry about that moon phase, brother. Get your butt in the woods and go find them. Dig them up, man. They they're there. I promise I, you. When when we start talking about the best weeks to hunt, I, I really want to talk more about that whole muzzleloader thing. And, and you know, I, I think, I don't know, we'll talk more about it then, man. I, I think I think this is a great discussion that's going to come up again in, well, next week. All right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, for, for real. I just think the most important thing there, Joe, is to keep yourself safe. You know? Oh, sure. that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll talk more about that. Those are gifts that keep on giving. Yep. <laughs> For sure, man. <clears throat> well, guys, you know, we always say this, Joe, in closing. Uh, it's been awesome. You guys are all going to get to see episode two, Promises Kept. I'm telling you, I got a little pre prequel to it. It'll uh, be out already by the time they listen to it. Yes, it'll, be out, it'll be out already. Um, you guys are going to love it. It's it's kind of near and dear to my heart. It, it really showcases uh, Joe and myself uh, smashing two bulls in the same day. And then it's got the mafia involved. It got, you know, Ch- Chav coming to camp. We just, y'all got to see it. So uh, really cool stuff. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and review. You got to go to Apple Podcast or iTunes to review it. And you can check out more elk hunting content at elkbros.com. And uh, just a reminder, if any of you listeners would like your questions answered on air or on the show here, just listen, send your questions to info, that's info at elkbros.com. Uh, Joe, an amazing show. Um Again, great content from all of our guys, Um, the mafia in the house. We appreciate everybody being here. Like we say down here in Texas, husbands, kiss your wives, wives, kiss your husbands, hug your babies, keep your broadheads sharp and your powder dry. And we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Hunting. (laughs) (laughs) Peace. Peace, y'all.